when Jesus touches us, everything is changed yet again. There are two stories about lepers in today's scripture, one from the Hebrew scriptures and one from the gospel. I have never known a leper. I have never met a leper or even seen a leper. And yet I have a vivid mental picture of exactly what a leper looks like. I can see a leper as a person who is suffering I can see the leper's dead flesh falling from his body. I can see that as clear as day, but I don't know why, because it's not in any of the readings. It wasn't in the Hebrew scripture, not a word about how the leper looked, and there wasn't anything about how the leper looked in the gospel either, but I think I know. I don't know whether I get this idea in my mind's eye from a Monty Python movie or from some other scripture lessons. I do know that biblical leprosy isn't anything like our 21st century clinical leprosy is. Since 1982, we've had a cure for leprosy, but biblical leprosy is more of a societal condition than it is a clinical condition. Essentially, a biblical leper is a person who suffers deeply and has no hope but God. The leper in my mind's eye is also an outcast, and there is a long history of banishing lepers in order to prevent the spread of the disease. But there isn't anything in today's gospel that would indicate that either of these lepers was cast out. On the contrary, in the second book of Kings, Naaman is a mighty warrior leper. A mighty warrior leper. A successful, powerful, privileged man. And a leper. He must have suffered privilege or no privilege, we know he was desperate because he took the advice of his wife's slave girl. Mighty warriors hardly ever depend on the advice of slave girls, especially kidnapped enemy slave girls, unless they're really, really desperate. So even with all his power and privilege, Naaman the Syrian had no hope but God, the God of Israel, not his own God. With biblical leprosy, the cause is murky and the cure is unknown, non-existent. Susan Sontag wrote about 30 years ago in her Illness as Metaphor that wherever there's a disease with a murky cause and ineffective treatments, that disease will be awash in significance. And that certainly does apply to biblical leprosy. At the time that Sontag was writing, she was writing about cancer and AIDS. And there are many other examples, I think, of people who suffer, who don't know how their disease came upon them, 
how they can get better, people who have no hope but God. In our day and age, I think of addicts, sufferers of domestic violence, people in grief, the mentally ill, the bankrupt. The list is endless. And now I know why it is I see the leper so clearly. I recognize the leper. I know this leper. I am this leper. Molting, molting, like a lobster, molting out of its shell, out of my old dead skin that doesn't fit anymore. No hope but Jesus. When Jesus healed the leper, everything was different from Naaman's healing in the Hebrew scriptures. Both of the lepers did the same things. They approached God and they submitted. But what God did was different. The God of Israel made Naaman clean like a young boy. Poof! Naaman was restored to his mint condition. In the gospel, though, Jesus was moved. Jesus reached out and touched the leper. Jesus, with his incarnate, fully human hand, touched the leper, made contact with the sick human, and said, I do choose. Be made clean. Jesus' will and Jesus' action transformed the leper, and the leper was never the same. In Jesus, healing isn't a restoration to our mint condition. In Jesus, healing is a kind of creation. In our sickness, we molt. Our dead flesh falls away from us, and we are transformed from the inside out. Jesus was always talking about this, about a change of heart, change from the heart. Marcus Borg wrote, Death as an image for the path of transformation points to a dying, to the world of conventional wisdom as the center of one's concern. It is a striking image for the path of spiritual transformation, not only is death the ultimate letting go, and thus the opposite of grasping that marks the life of conventional wisdom, but the process may often involve the stages we have come to associate with the physical process of dying. <clears throat> Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. The path of death is also for Jesus the path of new life. It results in rebirth, a resurrection to a life centered in God. So now, when Jesus touches us, everything is changed again. It's different for us than it was for Naaman in the Hebrew scriptures, than it was for the leper of the gospel, because now... 
the tomb is empty. The trajectory is completely different. We know where this ark goes, and it goes to resurrection. It's that old saw about Jesus meeting us where we are and not leaving us there, and definitely never putting us back where we started from. When Jesus heals us, we are created all new, something different. Our pre-leprosy, pre-addicted, pre-abused, pre-lost, closeted, pre-humiliated selves, they're dead. But our tombs are empty because Jesus creates us anew. As we come toward the season of Lent, which is a season that reminds me of the lepers in the Hebrew scripture and the gospel. It's a season in which we approach God and submit to God. We know that Easter is on the other side of the cross. Just like Naaman and the leper healed by Jesus, we approach God and submit and suffer. I am grateful that we are a people of sacrament, a people of outward and visible signs of inward and spiritual graces. Outward and visible signs in the most human kinds of practices. Soul bathing in baptism. Soul feeding at the Lord's Supper. And anointing of the sick. Anointing of our souls for healing and renewal. And I'm grateful that here at Church of Our Savior, there is a powerful and sacred healing team at work every day. So that we can come to this very last verse in Psalm 30 that we just sang. Therefore my heart sings to you without ceasing. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.